Blog Talk Radio. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast with Michael Boldea. All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio broadcast. I am your humble host, Michael Boldea, and once again, it is a great pleasure and honor to be with you today. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. Uh, I got to the office slash warehouse. Uh, they were still banging and clanging and doing all the things that you do when you're renovating a place. Uh, by what my little brother says, uh, eventually, given enough time, uh, the back of the warehouse will be warm enough to actually be there in the winter, which is kind of nice. Uh, they're insulating the place. Uh, but I, I couldn't record uh, in, in the office because there was just too much noise. And uh, some of you I know uh, have uh, sensitivities and uh, have even written in about the train going by. So I would just imagine just constant hammering and what, what that would do. So I am home. Uh, I am recording this from the Casa, as they would say in California. I do have a hot cup of coffee on hand, but uh, this is not the stuff I drink at the office or I force myself to drink at the office. Uh, This is Mikey's homebrew. Uh, So uh, if I don't finish this particular cup, I can always use it to strip paint. Uh, It's, uh, let's see, four espresso shots with uh, coffee to to fill up a Yeti. Uh, By the way, yes, I I, I got myself a Yeti tumbler because uh, in the morning cup, I'm usually up around three, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I I like the quiet few hours while the girls are asleep uh, to to just read and pray and meditate and write. And uh, one, one of the biggest annoyances that I had was that I'd make a cup of coffee and 15, 20 minutes in, it would be lukewarm, uh, sometimes even cold. Uh, so uh, they had a sale going, a uh, 21-ounce or 22-ounce Yeti tumbler for the low, low price of $11, and I jumped on it because now uh, my coffee stays warm. I know. You're like, Mike, the world's burning. What are you talking about tumblers for? Because you already know that the world's burning. We already know that uh, apparently uh, (laughs) the cadaver in a diaper is already having conversations with ghosts. Uh, He's having conversations with the long dead. So, uh, and I told you this some time ago. He's shaking hands with ghosts. He's talking to them. Now, it's confirmed. Uh, It didn't just happen uh, once. It happened twice, apparently. Uh, First, uh, Biden said he was having a tete-a-tete, a a heart-to-heart, if you will, with uh, Francois Mitterrand, who died in 96. Uh, And now the latest, uh, he was having a conversation about the January 6th insurrection. He's the only one. Him and the talking heads on television are the only ones that call it that. Come on. Little old ladies waving American flags does not an insurrection make. The only person that got dead was a lady that stuck her head through a window and a Secret Service agent with a itchy trigger finger decided to pop pop. So let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But Mr. Robinette Biden himself was having a conversation about the January 6th insurrection with none other than uh, German Chancellor Helmut Kohl. Uh, so, you know, I mean, granted, he's been dead for five years, but uh, if Joe Biden all of a sudden uh, turns to the cameras and with wide open gaze says, I see dead people, believe him. Apparently he's having conversations. So uh, anyway, thank you for being with us. It's good to be here. Today is February the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2024. My dad just had a birthday on February 1st. Uh, Tried to call him. Uh, My phone wouldn't work, so I'm hoping my brother Daniel texted him to say uh, many more, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, my dad's getting older, and so am I uh, in, in a few weeks. 
And uh, the world is still doing what the world does. Uh, a couple of things that I want to talk about today, because we've been discussing these issues for some time, uh, and now uh, it's getting real, as the, uh, as the kids like to say. Uh, what was it, last week or the week before we discussed the $15 Big Mac meals? And uh, I, I, I chuckled at the absurdity of a $15 Big Mac meal. But McDonald's says, nay, nay, $15 was last month. Now, in certain places and locations, they've hit $18. $18. Let that sink in. I know. Inflation's done away with. There's no more inflation. You were wrong. $18 for a Big Mac meal. And uh, now McDonald's is concerned that their middle class and lower class uh, customers are being priced out of uh, being able to afford their delicious, delicious uh, meat and excrement mixtures. Uh, 18 bucks. And you can sit there with a straight face and tell me that inflation's solved now. So all the things that we've been discussing um, are still issues that are on the table. One thing I read about yesterday was that New York Community Bank Corp uh, has just been uh, declared junk by Moody's. Their credit grade has been cut to junk. Uh, they've just been bleeding stock price. And these are the people that, that bought out another failing company a year or so ago. We, we've not seen the end or the last of failing financial institutions. And whether by design or because this administration is so inept that it has no clue what it's doing and people like Janet Yellen got rich just making stuff up, still happening. And the average citizen is still suffering. We discussed this six months to a year ago, and now it's beginning to come to pass where uh, delinquencies for people that have auto loans have just exploded and gone through the roof. There's a lot of repossessions going on. I told you, everybody that was anxious and excited to buy a car six months, eight months ago at a premium price, I said, if you can wait, ride a bike for six months. It's better for your heart health and you're going to buy it so much cheaper in, in, in a year or less. That is also beginning to ramp up. Uh, I, I was having a conversation with a friend uh, the other day, and he said, uh, what do you think is going through their mind right now? What do you think is happening? And the best analogy that I could come up with, and I saw this meme on the Internet one day, and I thought it was hilarious. It was a, a jet airplane that was just covered in duct tape. Apparently, planes are falling apart. I mean, doors are coming off. You know, there's missing screws and stuff. Because, you know, you have to hire based on diversity, not aptitude or capability. So, you know, the guy that comes to work high as a kite, having smoked a couple of blunts before he even clocks in, he doesn't care that the door is going to fly off a jet. He's there. He's getting paid. And he got a job he never thought he'd get because he wasn't qualified for it. Welcome to the new America. But right now, the American economy is like that jet, just covered in duct tape. They're hoping to keep it together until November, and I don't think they're going to be able to. I do not think that they can keep this economy together until November. This is why they're, they're coming up with alternative solutions to the election problem because your politicians currently both on the democrat and republican side are declaring and vociferously so that the problem with america is american citizens you're too entitled you're too used to freedom you you still think that somehow your opinion matters after the election uh is over after the the, the ballot boxes get locked up 
you, you have the temerity to think that you're living in a free country. And so uh, they're actively trying to replace the citizenry with people that are more docile, with people that are more accepting of whatever they want to do as the leadership class. And it's both parties. If any of you think that the Republicans are going to save anything or that the Democrats are going to save anything, you're fooling yourself. And the one thing that you have to give the Democrats is that when they have power, they know how to wield it. At least they know how to abuse the power they have. Republicans are are so wishy-washy and so easily sidelined that they weren't even able to impeach Mayorkas. The House failed to impeach Mayorkas. If that doesn't tell you something about the current political climate and the current politicians that we've elected in this country, then nothing will. This man should not hold the office that he holds. He is the Secretary of Homeland Security, and the homeland is anything but secure. There's illegal immigrants beating up cops, getting arrested, getting released the same, way, the same day, and just flipping the bird to the cameras as though, as though you're in his country rather than him being in yours. So the Republicans couldn't even manage to impeach Mayorkas. That's all I have to say. Any of you, oh, we got to go out, brother. We got to remove the Republican Party. No. I will still do my civic duty. I know how it's going to play out. I know how it's going to end. Because the people that have power would rather rule over a mountain of ash than secede power and give it up right now. That's all I have to say about that. Now, other things on the plate, other than a McDonald's uh, Big Mac meal, because who's paying 18 bucks for that? I'm sorry, honestly. You can go to a mom and pop shop, sit down for 15 minutes, order a burger with fries and a drink, and they're about 12. And you know that it's actual meat that hasn't been processed and frozen to the point that you can let it sit for 16 years and it looks exactly the same. They've done studies on this. There's people posting on YouTube like a cheeseburger meal from McDonald's that's been sitting for 12 years, and it looks exactly the same. The bun, the meat, the cheese, the fries, everything. I mean, sure, a little bit weathered and withered, but they shouldn't exist anymore. They should have been eaten away by by algae or whatever it is that corrupts things. Because if you take a 100% ground beef burger patty, you grill it, you put it on an actual real bun made of real flour and water and eggs, and you let it sit next to a McDonald's cheeseburger, within six months you're not going to see but maggots just eating away at that real burger. But for some reason, the, the, the meat that now costs $18 for a value meal, it's not a value meal anymore, you know, it lasts forever. But that's neither here nor there. Now, uh, the big hubbub, and uh, if we would have recorded this one day later, I could have talked about it at length, but I will be listening to it and watching it as soon as it comes out. So we'll have something to discuss next week. But uh, one Tucker Carlson is uh, having a sit-down interview with uh, Vladimir Putin. And uh, this has caused a ruckus, to say the least. Apparently, uh, because... He dared to go against the narrative. He dared to do what the administration said not to do because he dared to sit down with Vladimir Putin. Now, Tucker Carlson's on a kill list. There's European countries that are beside themselves. How dare he give a platform? Look, you, you have... 
multinational news corporations giving platforms to mass murderers, to pedophiles, to rapists, to drag queens, to transsexuals, to furries. You had a CNN reporter sit down with some sort of tribesman in sub-Saharan Africa and eat human brain. But they should not allow a man who is arguably the leader of a nuclear superpower to say anything. I Look, they're scared of something. And what they're scared of, I think, will come to light uh, shortly. If, if they allow this to air, if they allow this to go through, if, if they don't shut down the Internet just to keep this interview from going forward. I know you think that it's a joke, but it is a possibility because there are far too many powerful people very angry at the idea that, that Vladimir Putin is going to be interviewed and by none other than uh, Tucker Carlson formerly of Fox News fame. So, that's going to be happening tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious. I, I've not been as curious in a long time. And we know that there are bombshells in this thing because of the White House's reaction to it. Uh, the White House said Wednesday, that Vladimir Putin should not be given another mouthpiece to justify his war in Ukraine. After right-wing U.S. talk show host Tucker Carlson interviewed the Russian president, the former Fox News host, a key ally of 2024 election candidate Donald the Orange Man Trump, and a vocal opponent of U.S. military aid for Kiev, traveled to Moscow for Putin's first interview with a Western journalist since Russia's February 2022 invasion. So the White House is bristling at this. And uh, who was it? Oh, uh, one, oh John Kirby. Uh, an, another one of those individuals that has zero credibility when it comes to anything having to do with speaking the truth. He said, I don't need, we need, a, I don't think we need another interview with Vladimir Putin uh, to understand his brutality. Uh, Hungary, however, vows to block any EU sanctions against Tucker Carlson. And, and I saw the interview that he did with the Hungarian prime minister, and the man was very lucid, and he was very logical, and he was very reasonable, and he was very patriotic. He was concerned about his own nation. He was concerned about his own people. He was concerned about their struggle and not so much what other people were doing on other continents. In case you were wondering, how exactly uh, the, the persecution of Christians is going to come about, I ran across this particular gem uh, that came out today. Uh, February the 8th is when it was uh, posted. And it says that Pope Francis has doubled down in his support of a blessing gay couples, calling those who oppose the practice hypocrites. And he says, I don't bless a same-sex marriage. I bless two people who love each other, and I also ask them to pray for me. Now, let's take that mindset and apply it to absolutely anything else. I, I don't bless pedophiles. I bless two people who love each other. I don't bless zoophiles. I bless a lady and a German shepherd who love each other. See, what, what he's doing now, a lot of the evangelical pastors did 5, 10, 15 years ago. 
Love is love, period. End of story. What do you have against love? I love love. You should love love. And under the umbrella of love, which isn't love, it's lust disguised as love. The pontiff himself, il papi, di tutti papi, says, hey, don't be a hypocrite. Be cool with love. I bless two people who love each other, and I also ask them to pray for me. Who are they praying to? Because if you think that someone in sin, whether an adulterous relationship, and we're going to get to that too, because it's it's not, you know, oh, you're just picking on, on, on the Catholics, you're just picking on the women. No. See, I, I was wondering to myself, why there hasn't been a, a, a response, why there hasn't been a counter from uh, Mike Bickel, or Mike Bickel, as it were, uh, the man who uh, helmed the IHOP KC, or IHOP KFC for the longest time. No, it's KC. Uh, and now uh, new information is coming out, and uh, a woman alleges that Mike Bickle groomed and sexually abused her when she was 14 years old. So I'm beginning to understand why he took the L and didn't say anything. Because if a policeman comes up to you and gives you a ticket for loitering. You're not going to fight it if you know you have a dead body in your trunk. Does that make sense? It should. If, if you know you're guilty of something far worse than, than what you've been penalized for, you shut up and take the L. You shut up and you nod your head and go, yup, I did wrong, I'm guilty, yup, guilty, I did wrong. Now it's beginning to make sense. An innocent person fights it. They don't give up fighting it. I will not admit to doing something I didn't do. And the fact that it was admitted so readily, the fact that there was no pushback on it, made me wonder, mm, why? So, Let's get back to this. We'll, we'll discuss uh, Il Papi and his uh, embracing of love, because that's, that's what it is. It's love. So I don't bless a same-sex marriage, but that's what you're doing. I bless two people who love each other, and I also uh, ask them to pray for me. Uh, I, I think, sir, that if you asked for an audience with Beelzebub, he'd be more than glad to give you one. I, I, I think you're, uh, you're, you're doing a great service to him. You're doing him great favors. You are laboring on his behest. So I don't see why he wouldn't go, come on in, pontiff. What can I do you for? So uh, I don't know why you're asking for prayers. Just before Christmas, the Vatican's doctrinal office under the leadership of Argentinian Cardinal Victor Manuel Tucho Fernandez, reversed the Vatican's position on blessing gay couples. From a strictly liturgical point of view, a blessing requires that what is blessed be conformed to God's will. And therein lies the rub, il papi. The same reason you don't bless polygamous couples that means more than one wife. I know, I know the Mormons are like, hey, why are you picking on us? I'm not, but it's not biblical. Be the husband of one wife. Stop, stop it. Are we going to get into this or is this not established already? Same reason for man lying with man and womankind lying with womankind. It's not the way that God intended his creation to have continuity of species. If you put all the homosexuals on, on one island and all the lesbians on one island, there will not be any homosexuals or lesbians in 100 years. Why? Because they cannot continue and procreate the species. This shouldn't be a complicated 
problem, but apparently for Il Papi, it has become one of those hills that he's willing to die on. From a strictly liturgical point of view, a blessing requires that what is blessed be conformed to God's will, affirmed the Vatican Declaration, fiducia supplicans. Whereas from a pastoral point of view, this needs not to be so, really. But you're supposed to be the one individual that communicates uh, the needs of the people to God. You are the mediator. By Catholic dogma, I'm not making this up, by Catholic dogma, the Pope is the mediator between man and God. So let's, let's not beat around the bush and go, well, you know, from a liturgical point of view, it's the case, but pastoral, sorry, you're the Pope. This is not a liturgical point of view. This is not some, some guy out in the boonies in the middle of nowhere with, with, with a you know, white collar and a black robe that shepherds three people. You're the Pope. Under a broader pastoral understanding of blessings, one can understand the possibility of blessing couples in irregular situations, uh, please, uh, such as. Because everything is now a couple, isn't it? Love is love. Why do you hate love so much? Because every time the church makes a concession... They move the goalpost. Every time the church goes, all right, fine, whatever. Homosexuality, yep, we we got Lutheran pastors and Methodist pastors, you know, standing on the side of the road, waving rainbow flags now while grown men and and chaps are walking by, you know, licking lollipops that are shaped in a certain way. Fine. But that's not good enough anymore. And so the goalpost keeps moving to the point where you look back and you realize Sodom and Gomorrah had nothing on what we've become. And the reason that our punishment and the reason that our judgment will be all the more severe is because Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have gospel. They had not known Jesus. Jesus had not come. He had not died. He had not risen. They didn't have a Bible in every store and six or seven in every home. They were unaware of the will of God. And yet God judged them to the point that only Lot and his daughters escaped. If you wanted to know how it can ever come about that the true believers would be persecuted. If you've ever wanted to know how it could ever come about that you would be the target of hatred and villainy by those who call themselves children of God, wonder no more. Love is love. Anybody that stands in the way of love shouldn't be able to breathe the same air. Here we are. And I think that the time has come where there will be an escalation. These things will begin to speed up. So the enemy's been taking it very slow. But now he has centralized power. He's accumulated power. And I believe that very shortly, you're going to see more and more hit pieces against Christians, against Christianity, against anyone that's willing to disagree with the narrative. And the first path, the first rest stop, the first signpost towards persecution is isolation. You isolate a group of individuals, you demonize them, you criminalize them, and then you offer a solution that eliminates them so that you may reach your utopia. I know. You're thinking to yourself, hey, 
they tried this a couple times with different kinds of people. I know. But you have no idea what men are able to justify to themselves. Especially when, 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 when the spirit of Lucifer is working through them. Now, it must have been 15, 20 years ago, and I'm sure that some intrepid soul that's got too much free time on their hands will be able to find it. I said this repeatedly and often. The time will come when all these places, these grand cathedrals of foolishness, lukewarmness, and scripturally antithetical teaching are going to become empty. They're going to become homes for birds. Mega Church, Willow Creek, is closing its campus amid unsustainable financial scenario. They lost 10,000 members. Willow Creek Community Church has announced they're permanently shuttering their Chicago campus location with senior pastor David Dumit citing an unsustainable financial scenario. Uh, Willow Creek was one of the first churches in America uh, that trotted out and tried buffet Christianity. I remember back in the day, they were sending out these pamphlets. What would you like to hear in church? Tell us what you would like to hear being preached. And most people, I want to hear how I can have a better relationship. I want to hear how I can better my finances. I want to hear how I can be a Romeo as far as intimacy is concerned. Nobody wanted to know about Jesus. No one wanted to know about sanctification. No one wanted to know about righteousness or holiness. All they wanted was how to better their physical lives in the moment. Nothing about eternity. And that's how Willow Creek blew up. That's how they got so big. You, you check off the things you want on the menu. You show up the next week and voila, just like McDonald's, you get it your way. But at some point, just like McDonald's, the people going to Willow Creek weren't willing to pay the exorbitant prices for fecal-laden meat. 18 bucks for a Big Mac value meal, a little much. Whatever they were tithing to Willow Creek, given that they were not growing spiritually, given that they were not being fed spiritually, given that everything was focused upon the flesh, the here and now, prosperity, how to file your taxes, and how to write off your donations, people decided, eh, it's a little much. So I'm just going to stop a-going. Willow Creek Community Church has announced they're permanently shuttering their Chicago campus location, uh, citing an unsustainable financial scenario. Uh, translation, we's broke. We's broke because people stopped coming and people stopped giving because we weren't giving them anything in return. You'll only show up so many times and leave as empty as you came before you stop showing up altogether. A blow for Willow Creek, the multi-campus 10,000-member church founded by Bill Hybels. Yes, that was the engineer, was it not? Bill Hybels. He was the pioneer of the church growth and seeker-sensitive movement. How's that working out for you, huh? Are you still seeker-sensitive? Church growth, well, you grew and you grew, but you forgot you had to feed the monster that you built. And you built a monster to such an extent that the monster became unsustainable. You broke because you kept building and building and watering down the gospel to the point that it no longer represented anything having to do with the gospel. And people are sitting there scratching their heads. Do we want to get dressed and drive to this building where they're going to attempt to entertain us? 
Or can we just stay home and Netflix and chill? Because I'm sure we'll find a comedy that's just as entertaining as the guy on stage trying to skateboard at 56. Because he's trying to analogize how if you practice, you can do it. Or some ridiculous thing. So yes, it's a blow for Willow Creek. The multi-campus 10,000-member church founded by Bill Hybels that pioneered the church growth movement and seeker-sensitive movement, but has seen its fortunes over the years as it hemorrhaged money, people, and reputation. I wonder why. Their losses began in 2018, the same year they purchased and moved into their Chicago location, after allegations of decades of sexual misconduct came came forth against Hybels. I was not even aware of the misconduct allegations against Hybels. Uh, Don't know the man. All I know is that he was the engineer. He was the man that pioneered uh, the dumpster fire that American evangelicalism has become. So, even if found innocent of the misconduct allegations, Mr. Hybels is going to have to stand before God and answer for the destructive force that he was in modern-day Christianity. These allegations included inviting women to his hotel room, making suggestive comments to female employees, extended hugs, kissing a woman against her will, and engaging in oral copulation, let's call it that, with an employee, leading Hybels to resign along with the co-pastors who succeeded him, and then eventually the entire elder board. Well, when you build a house of cards, uh, it's it's pretty until the first breeze comes along, isn't it? Huh? See, that's that's the thing that apparently these people have not learned yet. That no matter how good you are at trying to hide your sin, your sin will find you out. It's a biblical absolute. Beware, your sin will find... Some of these people apparently didn't even try to hide their sin. Because, well, it's accepted practice. Now, look, the Pope's blessing same-sex marriages, at least Bill Hybels was trying to get a little huggy-huggy with a female employee. We've come to that. We're, We're crossing our fingers, hoping it's something, you know, as banal as adultery. We're crossing our fingers hoping it's something as banal as an illicit heterosexual relationship. That's how far Christianity has declined in our modern era. And Bill Hybels had a big hand in it. And so did his elder board. And sometimes you look back on a situation and and, and you realize that God's judgment has just begun, but his judgment is absolute. So their losses began in 2018. I didn't know about the allegations. Apparently, uh, there were plenty to go around. They held massive staff layoffs in 2019 and 2020. When COVID hit, Willow Creek completely shut down in-person gatherings for almost a year because trusting the Lord was not on the menu. No one clicked that one. No one checked that one off. They never taught on it, did they? That buffet Christianity runs straight to the dessert cart every time. No one clicked. Yeah, 
trusting the Lord. Let's see. Well, you know, we'll trust the Lord will get us through it. We'll stay open. Hallelujah. No, we're going to do what Yelotone Fauci says we should do. We're going to shut down and sit in our basements with face diapers until the end of the world. You shut down a church for almost a year. You deserve everything that's coming. When they did reopen, they did so at 25% capacity and mandatory masks for two-year-olds and above. Look, I think it was Michigan. It was right when, 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 when there was a fever pitch. You, you couldn't even go into a gas station without putting on a hazmat suit. And I had a call from a church in Michigan that said, hey, would you like to come and preach? And the only question I had back then, I think I even talked about it on the program. Uh, the only question I had was, are you guys doing in-person services? The answer was yes. Are you guys mandating masks? The answer was no. I got in the car, drove to Michigan on my own dime, and preached that Sunday morning. Because I respected the fact that they had a leader, they had a pastor, that wouldn't bend to the narrative of the world and still serve God the way that they were supposed to. I didn't have a problem if a couple of people were wearing masks as long as they were not mandated in the church. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But when you demand of me, that I do something like that and tell me I can't have fellowship with my fellow brothers in Christ if I refuse to do it, uh, we got a problem. We got a big problem. So, there you go. We broke, so we shut down. Uh, we're going to continue. Let's see. In 2021, one of their pastors said that He refuses to teach to mostly white churches because it was like casting pearls before swine. Oh, well, there you go. I'm sure, I, I'm sure somebody checked that one off. Do you want to hear about social justice? Do you want to hear about equity and inclusivity? And somebody, oh, yes, that sounds lovely. When you show up to a place that calls itself a church and what you get isn't what you need but what you want, it's only a matter of time before this sort of thing happens. You don't go to a doctor to tell the doctor that you're okay. You go to a doctor to have them give you a physical and tell you what's wrong with you and how to remedy the situation. Anyone could have seen this coming. In 2022, the church announced that they were cutting their staff budget by $6.5 million, axing 30% of their employees, the result of of losing over 10,000 congregants in the last three years. Things have not improved. $6.5. Five million dollars. Do you understand what what, what our, our our little rinky dink operation can do with six point five million dollars? But we don't have the overhead. All we have is the rent at the warehouse. I bought the microphone I'm speaking into with my own money. Six point five million dollars. Domit, which is a pastor, uh, announced in a video on Monday that they could no longer pay the mortgage on the property they acquired just a few years ago, saying, for years, they met in a rented theater. After a successful capital campaign, they opened their doors in a new current facility on State Street back in April of 2018. And at that time, we had pledges to fund almost the entirety of its purchase, 
with a plan to carry a responsible level of debt in line with the size and budget level of the campus at the time. But since 2018, Willow at large in Chicago went through some pretty significant changes. And while Chicago was a growing congregation, were faced with an unsustainable financial scenario. Well, may I posit that they should do another uh, round of uh, seeker-friendly and seeker-sensitive neighborhood canvases. Maybe uh, the taste of the people have changed. Maybe they no longer like what the campus is cooking. They no longer enjoy what Willow Creek is putting out. Maybe, and and of course, you know, if the overwhelming consensus is that they need to shift the message and the narrative, they'll shift the message and the narrative. Because it's not about being biblical with people like these. It's about being profitable. So Willow Creek, Chicago, uh, in in, in the words of a friend of mine, good riddance, uh, because you you were a stain upon biblical Christianity. And every time anyone would point to the word and say, this is what the book says, Somebody would point to Bill Hybels and they'd point to Willow Creek, but look how much they're growing. Ah, like a balloon, my friends, like a balloon. You go and you grow and you grow and it's eventually you're going to pop and then no more growth. You got egg on your face and millions of dollars in debt. And you have to come on and go, yeah, well, we're shutting down. Goodbye. Good night. Now, another story that you should keep an eye on, because I do believe it is quite relevant, is the narrative that's bubbling to the surface that China may use supply chain as a weapon against the U.S., uh, the only problem I have with this article is, is the headline, it's not May, is will. You, you have to understand that when the time comes that they decide America is at a weak point and they need to pounce, they will use every weapon in their arsenal to deal a death blow. They will do everything they can in their power to weaken this nation from every area possible. So yes, supply chain will be used as a weapon. All that stuff at Walmart that you're buying for six bucks, that you're throwing into a drawer that you don't need, those little plastic bits, those containers for containers that they make for three cents and you buy for 20 bucks, all of those are going to end up being 150 bucks because it's not coming over anymore. And some people will pay the 150 because they need a container for their containers. But this means that all these, these multinational companies that depend on a consistent supply chain of goods from China are going to get their nose flattened. They're, they're not going to have anywhere to go to get the stuff they need to sell. And it's one of those areas that the Chinese already know how to tweak in order to maximize their profitability when the time comes that they need to shut off the spigot of cheap goods, they will. Now, the problem is this. I don't care so much about the plastic forks and knives and and, and the plastic things that they sell, but There are a lot of people in this country that are on prescription drugs, and those prescription drugs are being imported from China at a 99% rate. Americans no longer make anything, including medicine. 
And when that supply chain gets shut down, it's not just going to be cheap clothes and plastic stuff. It's going to be medicines that keep some people alive. I, brought, I, I thought you were better than this talking about pharmacia. There are people on prescription drugs. Stop. Please, it's tiresome. It's tiresome. I didn't say I was on prescription drugs, but there's almost 400 million people in this country, and a good number of them take something every morning. I mean, if if you want to just get a snapshot of how wild it can get, you, you have to realize that some insane number, like 56%, of all women in this country are on some sort of mood stabilizer. Uppers, downers, whatever it is. Ritalin, whatever they were prescribed, they're taking to stabilize their mood. Many people have gotten addicted to their mood stabilizers without even realizing it. Imagine the chaos that will ensue. If suddenly 150 million people get off their meds all at once, huh? let that sink in. Just consider it for a second. And then you also have to deal with the idea that the less goods there are, the more people will be willing to do violence on others in order to obtain those goods. You've already seen pictures of, of CBS and Walgreens and, and supermarkets with, with chains and locks on their freezers to keep people from stealing. And currently they're doing it as a sport. Currently they're doing it for fun. It's a crime of opportunity. But soon enough, it'll be crimes of necessity. And if someone is willing to walk into a store and punch someone in the face to get some free shaving cream and some Pringles, what will they be willing to do when their stomach is rumbling and the only place that has food is the place that employs that senior citizen. And that senior citizen is the only thing standing between them and a meal. A lot of people don't understand how bad it can get and how quickly. Welcome to the reality of the world we live in. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, because... I, I'm not trying to be mean-spirited. But this is the world they wanted to create. Don't look away now. Don't pretend as though you weren't rah-rah, yay, yay, this is what we want to say. This is the world that you wanted to create. And there's no going back from it. Loneliness now, loneliness is declared a public health emergency. In California, IA. Loneliness has been declared a public health emergency in San Mateo County, California. With an estimated 45% of residents reporting difficulty with isolation and loneliness. But these were the same individuals that wanted to be boss babes that decided that, that the man they married and swore to love for the rest of their lives wasn't worth that love anymore because they could do better. These are the same people that, that visited Planned Parenthood so often they got punch cards. For every nine abortion, the tenth is on us. Your cats and your dogs can't even stand you anymore. They're jumping off the roofs. 
the thing that would have kept you from being lonely is the civilization and it's the culture that you wanted to create. This is the society you wanted. Middle-aged individuals with no children, with no purpose, with no spouses, living by themselves, eating out of a can of tuna, owning one fork, one spoon, and one knife. Welcome. You've succeeded in creating your utopia. Live in it. Bathe in it. Based in it. Loneliness is now a public health emergency. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm never lonely. Sometimes I, I have to go for a walk just to get away from all the noise of my kids. This is the society you wanted. This is the dream you had that became a reality. And now you're realizing it's not a dream but a nightmare. Hmm? That's the reality of it. Anyway, I guess our time's up. Look at that, how quickly Tempest Fujit. I know, now you have to look it up on Google. What does Tempest Fujit mean? It means time flies. Uh, and until next week, uh, it'll be that. Uh, for those of you that, that uh, listen to this on Rumble, you already know that I've been putting up videos on and off. Uh, I'll continue to do it. Uh, I've had a couple of experiences since I started filming those videos. And uh, I know that they're supposed to get done because uh, the resistance that I felt from the enemy uh, in, in when I started is something that I haven't felt in some time. So uh, they'll keep coming. Uh, if, if you would be so kind, share them with those you think are in need of hearing them. Also this program, thank you again for your prayers. Please keep those that we've mentioned before in your prayers. My dad, uh, Brother Roy, uh, the, the, the sister with the cancer, we're praying for you. And God is able. Until next time, Gino, uh, if you're still there and you're listening and you have anything remotely intellectually stimulating to say, we're all yours, buddy. Thank you, Mike. Well, the one common phrase in the last two weeks has been civil war. That is being used a lot on the media and a lot uh, basically around the country in various uh formats civil war as god showed demetri in jeremiah 51 8 through 15 the day will come one day when there will be these a shout against america our country from inside the country uh from people that uh will be involved in a civil war and uh it will be a, such a terrible event that Russia and China and other countries will see we're vulnerable. That phrase is being used a lot today. God showed Dimitri in 19, early 1980s this was going to happen. And so we are seeing the rumblings. We are seeing the beginnings of discontent in all parts of society and economic pressure, racial tension, political upheaval. Every indicator possible in America is showing the signs and seeds of how a civil war could easily take place in our country. And so we have to pray, we have to prepare, we have to stay strong and keep blowing a trumpet while we can, being watchmen on the wall, and sharing the good news of Jesus while we have this time, this window of light, this window of opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Baldea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com. 
or simply call us at 920-206-9910. God bless you.